Winter was here, and we are just getting started here on our recap of Game of Thrones, Season 7, Episode 2, Stormborn. And now, here are the two guys who never forget to brown the butter. I am Rob Sister here with Josh Wiggler. Josh, how are you? Oh my god, just eating my brown butter cookies right now. They're Never so tasty. Forget. Never mm, forget. So, Hot pie does so not forget to brown the butter like some people do. Uh, wonderful. So, uh, season seven of Game of Thrones, I was already covering the show for the Hollywood Reporter at that point. And as we like to do, we like to put out the interview requests for anybody who's involved in these episodes. And so we put out the request for Hot Pie and, uh, Hot Pie didn't want to do the interview. Hot Pie didn't want to do the interview. I think Hot Pie didn't really want to do press with anybody. I think Hot Pie is past the press at this point. What? Yeah. Is this a true story? Yeah, this is, I mean, it's not real particularly funny, right? So there's really no, there's no punchline. It's uh, <laughs> Hot Pie didn't want to do it. Hot Pie's uh, representation was like, no, we're not doing any press. Yeah, they're like, yeah, he's good. He's, he's good? Yeah. I think Hot Pie is like just out there in the world doing his thing. Hmm. I, be- I believe that, uh, I think that Hot Pie like actually became a, a baker. His name's Ben Hockey in real life. I'm pretty sure that he did like a, a pop-up bakery. Yeah, he did a pop-up bakery that was on a delivery app called You Know Nothing John Doe. <laughs> but it's like, it's not like Seems John like Doe. Seems like he's steering into the Game of Thrones thing. You would think he'd yeah. want the press. Yeah, I would have. I would have pumped that up. Completely. Yeah. Uh, Game of yeah. Thrones hot pie actor Ben Hawkey opened a bakery. Yeah. So <laughs> Does he, and he browns he, the butter. Listen, it, Ben Hawkey, if you're listening to this or if somebody is listening to this with a connection to Ben Hawkey, the offer is still on the table. Yes. Uh, you could you can come on to the Hollywood Reporter and talk about hot pie any day you'd like. So please just let me know. Yes. Uh, bummer that John Doe has already stopped accepting orders, according to this 2017 <laughs> article from IndieWire. Yeah, I think that that's, uh, yeah, it's long, long since passed. Any <laughs> bread that still exists from the, you know, nothing John Doe era, I would assume, much like Stephen Fishback, is moldy. Okay. <laughs> All right, Josh, uh, we've got a lot to talk about here in the second episode of season seven. Yeah, Stormborn with that jag off you're on Greyjoy, right? I mean, what a jerk this guy. Yeah, he's going to come in and really steal the show at the end of the episode. Did uh, I oversell it? I mean, that moment when he lands on the ship is so stupid. It's just Oh, it's stupid? <laughs> I, I just think he looks like such a dummy in that moment. It's like, oh, I hate this guy. Oh, uh-huh. He's terrible. Maybe that's what Game of Thrones wants you to feel. Though. <clears throat> yeah, I just felt like the whole thing was like so dark. I'm like, wait, what's happening right now? Yeah, it's an intense scene. I mean, that's one of the things about season seven. We said this before is really it's never boring. You know, there's all there's always something going on. It is very action packed. Every episode has some sort of sequence like this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the the next episode after this maybe has it's it's either this one or episode uh, five that I think have like sort of like the weakest of the action scenes. Um, but really, for the most part, every episode is is loaded with some sort of major moment uh so we get the big attack of silence on the Greyjoy fleet in this episode uh which is cool you know it's it's a it's a it's a it's a quick end to the sand snakes at the very least so you gotta be you gotta feel grateful about that yeah okay all right uh we open up on dragonstone and then a little on the nose big storm uh hey daenerys did you realize that you were born on a night just like this 
Yeah, and she's like, yeah, I've heard the stories, man. Yeah, yeah. Can't, can't exactly appreciate the irony right now. I'm, you know, it, you're talking about me. I don't find this very funny. It was 10 years ago on a night just like this. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and on, on, on this <laughs> Tell night. Tell him Large Marjorie sent you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, it's raining, storming, and, uh, you know, uh, Danny is, uh, you know, they're sort of planning what's going on. She's like, oh, uh, what's, so you, you're telling me the people of uh, Westeros are crying for their true queen? spare me people yeah come on don't tell me about that you know i'm not I, I know that that's not what's going on and especially because these are like the first words that varus is really trying to to get onto the onto daenerys's radar you know we haven't really seen a scene of these two characters together yet uh and as we'll come to find out across this scene daenerys is not like the biggest varus fan varus mm-hmm. is really thrown in his lot with somebody who's uh doesn't quite like spiders much like antonio mazzaro yeah. Oh, Antonio is uh, very anti-spider. I don't want to trigger Antonio. I'm sure he's okay. listening right now and he's not going to be happy about this. Yeah, she really does dress down Varys in this scene. And, and you know, it kind of is out of nowhere. But, I mean, she brings up a, a lot of good points, a lot of dirty laundry in terms of like, okay, so you worked for my dad, right? Like, yes. And then you worked for the guy who killed him or There's was like, part of part of taking him down, right? Yeah. And then you turned on that guy, right? And then you and then you took an order from that guy to kill me before you ever knew me, right? Like, why are you here again? Yeah, it's a it's a great scene because it's you know Daenerys is really laying out all the things that she is uh, certainly inclined to say to Varys. This is a man who tried to have her assassinated. I believe she was pregnant at the time. We're now at the point where the old stuff uh, is completely out the window already. Uh, I believe that she was pregnant at the time, or she was about to become pregnant. So she has you know every reason in the world to feel really charged and angry at Varys, despite the fact that by all appearances uh, at the moment. He is fully Team Targaryen. And what's great about it is that Varys kind of just speaks plainly back to her. You know, he talks about like, yeah, I worked for King Robert. He was a big improvement on your dad. Your dad mm-hmm. was awful. Uh, he was he was terrible. And Robert wasn't the worst. He just really wasn't interested in being king. Um, and he, he talks about how, like, you weren't really on my radar until the Khal Drogo thing. And then I found out more. And I was like, hey. This this uh this dragon queen she's the she's the real deal. Mm-hmm. And Varys's angle is look, I swear my loyalty to the realm. If you're good for the people, I'm good with you. Yeah, and I I think that this is a great payoff to some of the stuff that we'd been talking about much earlier, long ago in the podcast when we were talking about Varys. I think in the in the scene in season one when he comes to Ned Stark in the prison and is really giving him plain speak. And at that moment in time, as a viewer, as a or as a reader, as anything, as you're experiencing Game of Thrones in that moment without the foresight of what's coming here, you really don't know. Varys comes off as very slippery and very shady, and you you really categorize him similarly to Littlefinger. 
But back then, he said the same stuff to Ned. He says, I, I work for the realm. Uh, I'm here for the people. Uh, and I think that you, in, in retrospect, can really take him at his word. Certainly the way that he talks to Daenerys here is very consistent with how he talked long ago. Um, so it's a good sales pitch. And he says, like, I know that the people have no better chance than you. That's why I choose you. And Daenerys is like, okay, cool. That seems like a, a fair sales pitch. I'm in. Uh, if you ever betray me, though, I'm going to burn you alive. Okay. He says, I would expect nothing less. From the Mother of Dragons. Great stuff. Right. Right. Really okay. good scene. Really good uh, scene. It gives me a lot of hope for a lot of these like future interactions that we haven't seen from characters who you're excited to see share the screen together. Like the Daenerys and Vera scene was one of those scenes where you never really thought about it happening. And then it happened and it was great. And it makes you excited about like, I don't know. Jamie and Bran getting a chance to talk to each other in season eight, something like that. Something that you're just not necessarily really even thinking about. Okay. Uh, that would be a good reunion because, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be good. Yeah. And, uh, then, uh, ding dong. There's a, uh, knock at the dragon door. Somebody is here. It's a red priestess from a shy. Uh, and it's Melisandra and she comes in. She says, I love what you've done with the place. <laughs> not enough fires to my liking but everything else looks cool okay yes uh that she is here to speak with daenerys and uh she uh is uh talking about uh the prophecy yeah she's got a lot of prophecy talk she talks about how the long night is coming and she's speaking in valyrian and in valyrian she's saying as it's subtitled to us that only the prince who was promised can bring the dawn uh daenerys who speaks valyrian uh is not super impressed by that she says i'm afraid i'm not a prince and this is where Missandei and her thousand languages uh really comes in handy where uh, and you must have as somebody who's very confused about the languages in, mm-hmm. in game of thrones you must have appreciated this where Missandei says ah you know the prince it's not quite accurate that noun has no gender in high valyrian mm. so it could be the prince or princess who was promised uh danny says okay i like this uh so melisandre says look i think you'll have a role to play here i don't know what it is i think you have a role to play and i think so does john this guy john snow have you heard of him <laughs> melisandre playing very carefully because if she says the wrong thing matchmaker just- matchmaker <laughs> I uh, I don't know. There's a, a Hello Dolly something or other that's uh, playing in my head right now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Melisandre is, uh, she knows that prophecies are dangerous from experience. So she's trusting that she's had these visions in the flames. Jon Snow was there. Now she sees that Daenerys was there. She doesn't want to interpret the visions because that's where, uh, that's where kids get burned at the stake for no reason. Okay. She's out of the interpretation business. Yeah, she's just telling you what she sees, and it's up to you to interpret it. Okay, Uh, so she's really uh, hyping up Jon Snow, and she talks about how, uh, you know, as he was Lord Commander, and then he let the wildlings south of the wall to protect them from the great danger. Uh, Danny says, uh, he sounds like quite the man. You know, I never really made the connection between Jon and Danny in terms of another commonality between them, where I wouldn't say that Jon Snow really... uh, freed the free folk they were always free but in the same way that danny was sort of like the breaker of chains and you know uh frees all of the slaves i mean that uh john kind of has his own you know army of uh the unwashed masses that you know uh, have a debt of gratitude to him 
Yeah, totally. And I think that, you know, in a, in a lot of ways, his arc in seasons five and six, really, it, it, it mirrors Daenerys' time in Meereen in a lot of ways. They both make really bad That's decisions. That's why it's called Meereen. Meereen. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's the song of ice and fire. He's ice, she's fire, and they uh, they go together well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, in reality, ice and fire do not go together well. <laughs> yeah. They're really good. It's not a great combination. <laughs> they really sort of but, end each other. But in in uh, in the form of a song, it's quite beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So it's like ebony uh, and ivory. Okay. So let's let's get this Jon Snow over here. He can come here and he can bend his knee. Whoa. Oh my. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Speaking there's of Jon Snow. There's a lot there. There's a lot there. Speaking of Jon Snow, we uh go to Winterfell and he already has a raven uh from Tyrion. Yeah. And so this is a a great indication of how things will be paced throughout season 7 and presumably through the final 6 episodes as well. Things just happen like that very quick, lightning fast. So Daenerys is calling for a raven to be sent to Jon Snow, and in the very next scene, Jon Snow has received the raven. Was it an Uh, an e-raven that was sent? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it was a text message. (laughs) Yeah. They have cell phones now. Okay. And so they get the message and uh, how do we know if it's really from Tyrion? And so Jon Snow says, oh, it says uh, all dwarves are bastards in their father's eyes. Uh, Yes. And then he unscrambles the code. He breaks the code and it says, be sure to drink your Ovaltine. (laughs) And then he broke his secret decoder ring. Yes. (laughs) What? What? Oh my God! Commercial? Yeah, Beric yeah. Dondarrion shoots his eye out. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we 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 have John. So he knows that this is legit Tyrion because Tyrion has baked in this code, basically. Where yes, he says, all dwarves are bastards in their father's eyes, which is something that he said to John a long time ago. So he said, he that knows was from that, season one. Yeah, I remember that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just watched the episode last night. Mm-hmm. He he knows now that it's Tyrion. So he's trying to like gut check how Tyrion is these days from Sansa because Sansa was married to the guy. Maybe even still is. Who knows the legality of such things in Westeros? Okay. So we uh, have this request to come and uh, for Jon Snow to visit Dragonstone. Uh, Davos is there too. And uh, there's some talk about how, uh, well, this wasn't so nice when uh, he mentions all of the armies and dragons that they have. And Davos says, hey, dragons, uh, dragons breathe fire. Fire kills whites. Maybe we could uh, team up. Yeah, but Sansa's still like, but we can't send John to meet with Daenerys. And Davos is like, no, of course not. We can't do that. And Jon Snow in the back of his mind is kind of like, oh, well, eh, mm. it, I kind of, I kind of want to yeah, check it season out. Season seven. Come on. We got to keep, get this moving. Yeah, we got to keep right. going. Okay. All right. We go to the throne room, the Red Keep, and Cersei is uh, meeting with all of uh, the Lords of the Reach. Yeah, she's giving them the real like nativist speech of like, oh, my God, they brought Unsullied here and Dothraki. These dirty people, these heathens are here in in Westeros. You're going to you're going to fight for Daenerys. I don't think so. You guys remember the Mad King? He was a disaster. This whole thing's terrible. You got to fight for me. Yes. So and Lady Elena, she's lost it. Forget about her, too. So, uh, you know, fight for me. Fight for uh, fight for your queen. 
Yeah. So they've they've you know it's a good pitch, I guess, if you're into that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems to work enough for Randall Tarley, though. Jamie coming to him uh, really seems to to tip the scales. Yeah. Um, before we get to the scales, we'll talk some dragon scales that uh, Randall Tarley says. Yeah, but she's got three dragons, and Kyber says, "Oh, uh, we're working on that. We're working yeah. on something. Hold on. Yeah. Uh, we'll show you later in the episode." That'll come up. That'll come up later, and it won't do anything to stop the dragons from burning you specifically alive. <laughs> All right. So Jamie is going to check in with Randall Tarly. Great moment between uh, Jamie and Dickon Tarly. Yeah, uh, Dickon Tarly. If you had uh, forgotten him, is the brother of Samuel Tarly, and is now played by a different actor. Uh, Tom Hooper is playing Dickon Tarly, who is. The hoop is currently uh, appearing as Luther, a.k.a. number one, a.k.a. Space Boy in Netflix's The Umbrella Academy, Rob, oh. which is my least favorite show to come along in a very long time. <laughs> let me just let me just uh, let me just throw some armpit shade right in the direction of The Umbrella Academy, because, you know, me, I basically like everything. And I really thought that was uh, just the pits. You, yeah, you are n- rarely uh, bury a show. Yeah. Stragoy! <laughs> it's not good. It's bad. All right. Well, I know some I people really it. liked it, but I thought yeah. it was trash. <laughs> Let me just get that out of my system. Okay. Uh, so Jamie is talking to uh, uh, Randall Tarley. He says, hey, how would you like to help me run this army? Uh, and Randall's like, ah, I don't know. I mean, it's a lot of work. And Jamie's mm-hmm. like, yeah, but you could be, uh, you could take over for the Tyrells. Wouldn't that be cool? And Randall Tar's like, that's yeah. kind of cool. He's like, but I'm cool with Lady Elena. And Jamie's like, hey, you could be the warden of the South. And he's like, I'm suddenly no longer cool with Lady Olena. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, we are going to go back to the Citadel and uh, let's check in with uh, Jorah Mormont. We saw his crusty arm at the end of last week's episode. And now we get to see how much the grayscale has progressed on Sir Jorah. It has progressed significantly. Uh, it's like all over his chest and his pecs. It's, it's it's covered him up in sensitive spots. Uh, it looks it looks bad. It looks grim. Yeah. Sam is there with the Archmaester and uh, Archmaester does not have good bedside manners. Like, uh, what are we thinking? You should have just cut your arm off as soon as this thing touched you. And George's like, I thought about that, but it was way too late at that point. It was, it was all over my bodice at the point that I thought to cut off the, the arm. He really mm-hmm. should have done that. That definitely was the move. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, although based on the treatment he receives later on the episode, it's like, uh, why didn't you just cut that cootie spot off? Yeah, I mean, that actually probably would have just done it. You would think so. I but mean, he, the thing started like out, it was like the size of like a penny. Yeah. Uh, and then it feels like that if you would have just like just like, uh, you know, shave that part off. Yeah, but he needs the ointment, the special ointment to rub on it. The the Benjen gay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> OK, so uh, here's the diagnosis. Uh, so um, it'll be a good 10, 20 years before it kills you, but six months before you lose your mind, Jorah. Wow. Great prognosis. Mm, six right. months is not a lot of time. Right. So uh, not great. Uh, Sam's is. Uh, wait, but didn't they stop the grayscale of uh, Shireen Baratheon? 
And it's like, yeah, let's not talk about Shireen. That's still a sore subject. <laughs> Why? Do they know what happened to her? Uh, I think by now they got to know. Yeah. They're like, uh, Sam, uh, is, is he a baby? Does he look like yeah. a baby to you? I guess she was baby, a baby. Babies are easier to cure than than adults when it comes to grayscale. He is a full grown man. He has uh, hair all over his arms. That makes it very different. Yeah, he's he's been through a lot. It's been through a lot. Oh. Um, so they say, OK, we'll give you one extra day. You could stay at the Citadel for one day because you're a knight. It feels like a kind of arbitrary thing. Definitely. And also, it definitely seems like he stays for a lot longer than a day. Yeah. Also, it feels weird that uh, they let him keep his sword in the quarantine cell. Yeah. I mean, who knows what kind of I mean, if he's at a risk of going mad and they can't like quite identify when that's going to be. Who knows if like this diagnosis is going to tip him over the edge and he's just going to go ballistic. Yeah, it's a weird situation where you stay in the cell, but you keep your sword also. But who's going to take a Valyrian sword from I guess a nobody cootie, wants to touch a cootie it, right? stricken Jorah Mormont? I don't know who got, who gets that job. Okay. Speaking of Mormont, Sam hears the name Mormont. He's like, oh, well, I, I'm going to have to figure out how to solve this. I got, okay. I got a debt to pay to the Mormonts. All right. So Kyburn is going to bring Cersei uh, in the dungeon. And they got a lot of dragon skulls down there in the dungeon. And he says, hey, check this out. We have built a giant slingshot and we'll put this pull cue in here and watch what it can do yeah and so we know that this is going to be trotted out in battle a couple of episodes from now um at the the famous as i like to call it the loot crate battle even though i know mm-hmm. that's not correct uh and you know the, the thing is gonna take aim at, at the dragon and it's never gonna kill the dragon but it's gonna you know slightly maim the dragon but i think more than anything this is actually a, a rather clever setup of the night king is going to to lance a dragon out of the sky with a very similarly sized object and using nothing more than his night king strength uh and i think it's it's cool to connect these two weapons because right you know the the machinations of man matter matter very little in the face of the white walkers who have uh you know an effortless supply of the very same thing uh, so just a, a cool little predictive uh, moment here with the with the bow and arrow. You yeah, know, it's, it, it, it is a lot of time spent on a bow and arrow. <laughs> yeah, but it, it is good setup. Uh, if only the Lannisters would have had uh, Noah Syndergaard just uh, <laughs> throw this javelin. Yeah. I think he could probably get it up faster than the uh, Night King can. Probably yeah. would have been take. I mean, he can't turn it into uh, you know an ice dragon, but probably could have uh, you know uh, taken out all three of the dragons if they would have just had uh, Noah Syndergaard throwing those things around. How is Noah Syndergaard doing now in 2019 versus uh, 2017 when he's filming his Game of Thrones cameo? Uh, hopefully better. Uh, I mean, we're recording in February, so it's kind of a weird time, but, uh, you know, but uh, a few but, weeks away from uh, spring training. But, spring but generally, is not here yet. Yeah, generally most of us are uh, probably are better in 2017. Yeah. <laughs> just as a rule as a rule okay uh that's the default okay let's talk about what's going on at dragonstone where we have a big meeting about what we're the we're gonna the, the strategy and nobody's on the same page josh 
Yeah, and it's like the whole squad is here, right? Where you've got not just the people we've seen already with Tyrion. The Justice and League. Varys, yeah. Uh, but this is like one of those, like, uh, this is like West Coast Avengers. It's not like the real deal. It's not like the, it's not the A-listers. It's like almost like Great Lakes of, uh, Avengers where you've got, <laughs> you've got Yara here and you've got Hilaria Sand and like no one, no one really wanted these two people. The Teen Titans. Table. Yeah. No, I mean, they all look like they're mature. Uh, they're, they're beyond their teenage years. <laughs> for the, the, the sand snakes are teen Titan esque. Yeah. Everybody's fighting about what we're going to do uh, that uh, you have uh, people like Yara and Hilaria saying like, hey, let's just go kill everybody. We have dragons. Let's do it. Uh, yeah. Danny does not want to be queen of the ashes. They have a, a clever little plan that Tyrion has worked out. Yeah, uh, they are going to they're going to send the the Greyjoy fleet out and they're going to do the thing that they do best. And uh, they're going to they're going to seize the capital. And once they surround the city, Cersei's going to have to submit. She's going to have to bend the knee. Yeah. Where exactly was the Greyjoy fleet headed? Uh, when uh, at the end of the episode, they're yes. headed to King's Landing. They're headed to King's Landing. I thought that it was going to be uh, what they say here was that uh, the Dornish and uh, the High Garden army was going to go to King's Landing. I may have it mixed up. To be no, I, 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 I know like the, the they battle didn't plans say in- of the Targaryen Lannisters or of, of Tyrion's uh, Targaryen squad is just <sighs> not exactly the most uh, easy to divine. Yeah. as we're going to see, especially no, because I was. Confused because that I had thought that okay, well, and then Tyrion talks about in this plan that okay, the Unsullied were going to go and take uh, Casterly Rock, and so uh, I, I I imagine that they would probably need to go on the Greyjoy fleet, but the Unsullied aren't all killed in this episode, so I don't really know what the Greyjoys were were doing. Well, they sh- they must have like when they shipped, get boarded. They shipped out like some Greyjoys to ferry the Unsullied to Casterly Rock, and then Tyrion says that Yara is going to take Alaria Sand uh, to Sunspear and drop her off there, and pick up the Dornish army and bring them. Okay, up so to they King's were just Landing. on a mission to go drop off the Sand Snakes in Dorne. They're going to they're at least they're going to Dorne to pick up more soldiers from Dorne. And then they're going to use those people to yeah. surround King's Landing. So this was not like a, a big step of the uh, the plan that was thwarted other than just taking out the Greyjoy ships. Do the Dornish not have their own ships? Do they not have their own way of getting up to King's Landing? They need to call uh, the, the Greyjoy Uber. I don't know. I don't know. I, I think they would have ships, right? I think the Dornish would be able to figure this out. I mean, they're not. Maybe they don't like the water. I don't know. They're like the desert. They're like the desert. desert. So uh, anyway, so that's the big plan that they that they talk about. Uh, Yeah, they're going to Casterly Rock. Yes. They they don't want foreign invaders in King's Land. That's going to play into Cersei's hands. So we're going to have the High Garden and Dornish go to King's Landing. And then uh, we don't want to, you know, freak everybody out when the Dothraki and the Unsullied show up. Yeah. So Lady, Lady Elena wants to sidebar with Danny. After the meeting. Yeah. She's like, hey, people are going to be really happy that you and I had a face to face because I'm about to die in an episode and you really definitely want to have at least one scene with me. 
Yeah. And Danny is like, look, I know you don't love me. You just hate Cersei. That's fine. That's fine. And Elena says, uh, look, because uh, Danny's talking about peace. She's like, peace. You think that there was ever peace? Stop it. Stop it. Look, yeah, it this last. Tyrion guy. Uh, oh, he's clever. But uh, I've known a lot of clever guys. Don't listen to them. Yeah. 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 She, outlived, she outlived them all. And the reason yes. was because she ignored them. Right. She says, uh, the lords of Westeros are sheep. Uh, are you a sheep? No, you're a dragon. Be a dragon. Stop listening to Tyrion. You know, uh, man, I love this, right? Like, I mean, you love the Queen of Thorns. She's always fantastic. These are going to be some of her dying words of wisdom, as it turns out, because we've only got one episode left with her. Um, so we also love Tyrion. And we, you know, we like most of the people that Daenerys is going to consider her closest allies moving forward. Uh, Is it really for the best for her to ignore them all and just like go full Targaryen, full dragon? Like is the is is Lady Olenna's final words? Are they are they going to ultimately be massively impactful for the conclusion of the Daenerys story? I think it's a very interesting quandary of, you know, what Daenerys should do. She ends up listening to this cockamamie plan and it does not go great. Uh, Would it it go great to just, you know, fly in on the dragons a la Aegon and just take uh, the Iron Throne? Yeah. Well, I think that it speaks to, you know, I, it makes me wonder about where things are going to wind up for Tyrion. Ultimately, I definitely think that Jon Snow is not going to make it out of this thing alive. I think that Tyrion, you can see the scenario, I guess, where maybe he doesn't make it out of here alive. Though I feel like he's going to. Um, and Daenerys is going to be left with like having learned from a lot of people along the way, you know, uh, having taken a lot of their wisdom into account, but ultimately maybe keeping her own counsel or making an alliance with someone like Sansa in the end, who's been through a very similar ordeal in her own right and her own arc. And maybe they will be closer confidants And this final guidance from Lady Olenna is like, I've known many great, clever men and it'll be more about these great, clever women who can still have each other's back. So I think there's, there's options here, but I think that Daenerys to go all the way full Targaryen is a scary prospect. So I don't know. It'll it'll be interesting to see where they take this. But on the other side of things, Cersei is very willing to be queen of the ashes. So I think that, uh, you know, whoever is willing to stoop the lowest uh, like may have the upper hand. Yeah, no, I'm very, I, you know, <laughs> I think that it's not impossible that this thing ends with Cersei still on the Iron Throne, you know, that there, there could be some sort of lesson to be had in that. So who knows? We'll see. We'll find out. Okay. All right. Um, so we go back to Dragonstone and uh, it's time. Yes. <laughs> Grey Worm <laughs> and Missandei. Uh, they are going to have a lengthy uh, romantic scene. Yeah, I don't know how much time we need to spend on this. We've got we've got uh, we've got a little bit of life to live here tonight uh, as we're recording this late on a Tuesday. They do it. It's been a while since uh, it's been a long time coming. This scene, right? You know, there's been a oh, lot wow. of a lot of uh, it's hard to hard to talk about without innuendo. Yeah. Uh, did uh, Grey Worm uh, learn the Lord's kiss? He must have somewhere yes, along the way. Somewhere along Cer- the way. Certainly appears that way. But it's very okay. sweet. Nice to nice to see two young people in love. 
mm-hmm. expressing their love for each other. And hopefully, uh, as the, the bloodbath is about to ensue in this final season, hopefully these crazy kids can figure it out and get out of this yes. thing alive. That's the one thing Grey, Grey Worm was never scared, but now he is scared. That's his weakness, Missande, because uh, he's afraid he's going to lose her. You are my weakness. Yes. And Missande's like, like what? How dare you? No, she's like, that is an amazing line, and I'm in. All the way. Just try that. I'm gonna save that. No, that's good. Write it down for sure. Okay. You are my weakness. That's great. It's a good Valentine. Mm -hmm. We're a little late for that, unfortunately. Next year. Next Next year. year. All right. Let's check in with Sam and uh, that he is in the library. This is uh, a scene that uh, I remember talking about this the uh, first time around. Talking about uh, there's a history of uh, of uh, Robert's uh, the 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 death of Robert the first being written uh, and uh, the title is going to be called uh, what is it the Chronicle of the Wars following the death of King Robert the first. Yeah, I think that Game of Thrones has a better ring to it personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Uh, so uh, we'll see if ultimately Sam is going to finish writing this story. Yeah, I know that that's something that's on the minds of many a peep that uh, that Samuel Tarly is going to be alive and he's going to do the Bilbo Baggins thing and he's going to write the book. But yeah, who knows? Who knows? Okay, Uh, Sam is also going to be familiar with a book called uh, The Study of Rare Diseases. Yeah. That Archmaester Pylos from back in the day, he really knew how to write a, a recipe book for curing grayscale. Yeah, but uh, his recipe was not perfected because he also died of grayscale. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so the Archmaester is basically saying to Sam, like, hey, don't do that. It's dangerous. It's forbidden. Don't do it. Uh, but Sam, he's going to do it. He's going to do it anyway. Yeah. So Sam is going to show up in uh, Jorah's room uh, with a cart full of stuff. Uh, Not unlike uh, one time I went to a nice Mexican restaurant and they made the guac in front of you at the table. And it was very similar to the setup that Sam has here for (laughs) Jorah Moment. The brick and mortar. Yeah. uh, The the spicy peppers that he's baking into the paste to really cause further agony for a a little squeeze of lemon juice. He could have prepared everything like offsite in the kitchen, but he's like, you know, he's really wants to, you know, roll out the red carpet for Jorah. He's paying a premium, right? Like it's it's not just dinner. It's dinner and a show. Mm -hmm. It's fancy. Yes, fancy very much I, and then yeah like i i never are you supposed to tip that guy that makes guac at the table or like a caesar salad yeah, yeah i guess you're supposed to right i think that it's i think that uh, the the tip you're hoping is kind of communal right that it's going to go to to multiple people in the restaurant is that so i feel like that guy wants a tip he probably does but i don't i don't know how you get it to him right right uh i know i, I don't carry a lot I of d- cash on me yeah, yeah i don't want i don't want guac ever again I'm yeah done, i'm now out of guacamole <laughs> okay uh so uh this uh, i had to turn away i I wasn't gonna watch this a second time josh (laughs) you can explain this (laughs) it's so gross it's so gross sam's like hey so sir jorah you should bite down on this because what i'm about to do is take a really tiny knife and very slowly chip off all of the scabs on your body uh like one square inch scab at a time uh and like dab at like the oozing yellow guacamole looking pus that is coming out of your body and i'm gonna apply some ointment on there 
and you'll be cured of grayscale and that'll be it and jorah is like wait you so you're just gonna cut cut this off and then and then i'll be cured like that's 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 really how this cure is gonna work yeah and that's it it's really that simple yeah so he sits through it he takes it uh sam has that great moment where he's like i i knew your father i will Mm -hmm. not let you die today uh and jorah that seems to be good enough for jorah though jorah keeps like trying to scream through it yeah sam's like don't scream it's like maybe give him some painkillers. Well, you gave him the whole bottle of rum. That's not enough. I mean, the hound wasn't going to drink that rum. What? They don't have any milk of the poppy here in the <laughs> yeah, I mean, you it is like the Maester Academy. This <laughs> like, is the place. You got to imagine that they've got the good stuff. <laughs> it's just yeah. like knocking into supply closets and stealing stuff anyway. Left just and get right. The, just get the poppy, bro. You would think so. But yeah. uh, okay. So a uh, major uh, transition here from like uh, gross stuff going on with Jorah to like gross stuff being eaten by uh, guys in some tavern. It's great, though, right? I mean, that that uh, <laughs> juxtaposition is so amazing. Like Sam, like goes back in to, to cut off another piece of scab and the camera just shifts to uh, just looking down at like a pot pie and somebody digging a spoon through the crust. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I know what just happened. And that's terrible. It's gross. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not for anything. Uh, you know, a pot pie is pretty gross to begin with. Oh, really? You're not a pot pie guy. You know, uh, they're okay. They're they're okay, but you just uh, never had a good one. I would. I, mm, I guess. Uh. I haven't had one recently. I think it's like uh, insanely bad for you. Oh, they're not good for you, but they are. <laughs> they are great. Like I think I think a, right a pot pie is like five thousand calories. That sounds about right. That, <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, the great Emily Fox makes a mean roast chicken and an even meaner pot pie with the leftovers. And I definitely am very fat these days. So, uh, it's not, it's probably the two are related. I would assume. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I think you, you look better than ever. I mean, I've been working on a little bit. Okay. In, uh, yeah. in, some, in some ways, 2019 me is better than 2017, but most ways not. <laughs> Okay, so we have an Aria and Hot Pie reunion. Yes, and it's great. Yeah, and even even if Hot Pie is not returning my calls, he's very excited to see. <laughs> he doesn't Arya. want to talk to you, but <laughs> he wants to talk it's to like, Arya. Hey, Stark. <laughs> you Arya, yeah. like, hey, did you ever meet the big lady? Yeah, yeah, because the lady night. He, he met the lady night back in the day. Yeah, uh, and uh, then uh, yes, yeah, I saw her, and he's like, "What happened to you, Ari?" And she's like very dismissive <laughs> of hot pie this whole time. Yeah. She's like, yeah, you have any ale? <laughs> like, uh, was this Ed Sheeran after like Aria is never drinking. Right. Right. Uh, and then she meets Ed Sheeran and all of a sudden she's like, um, she's hot. Like, got any ale? Yeah. Was it Ed Sheeran or was it like as she was like doing like recipe tasting and testing in the in the twins? Yeah, when who she are was, you now, Aria? When she was Walter Frey? Like, listen. Arya throughout this season is is really going to demonstrate that she's uh she's taking a turn. This is a very mm-hmm. very dark stuff for Arya Stark, uh, beginning with like the the early stages of a drinking problem. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. So uh, she is off to go uh, to King's Landing, uh, yeah. and uh, Hot Pie gives her the you know the update on what Cersei did. Uh, Arya seems to know about that. Uh, but what she doesn't know is that Starks are back in control of Winterfell. 
Yeah. He's like, I thought you'd be going to Winterfell. All, all your whole family is up there. Oh, and she didn't get that memo. She missed it, but now she knows, and she's uh, she's she's very excited about this. It completely changes her plan. She's going north. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, you'd think that, you know, uh, there would have been some word about that when she was uh, down at the Twins, right? That was after the Battle of the Bastards. Yeah, with the way that time's been flying, right? Guess word travels slow. Yeah. So some of the words anyway. Yeah. Uh, but you would think that like, you know, the Lannister army would have heard something about that. Yeah. Uh, but time wasn't moving at a season seven pace yet, I think is the problem. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, uh, Arya, uh, you know, is going to get some money out for hot pie and uh, hot pie says, ah, come on, you're not going to pay. Yeah, no, it's like it's like my my man Ramus in Lunar Silver Star story. He leaves the party, he sets up shop, and he says, "You come back anytime. I'll get you free stuff anytime you show up in this town." And you always want to save your trips to the item store for when you're in town for Ramus. It's very mm-hmm. similar to what's going on here with Arya. And uh, Arya says, "Take care of yourself, Hot Pie. Try not to get killed." And he said, "I won't. I'm a survivor." Yeah. And uh, if I recall, in his previous stints on uh, on our Survivor simulations, Hot Pie has done well. <laughs> I don't want to spoil the outcome of those simulations. But. You have to spoil it for me because I, I vaguely remember. They didn't win with that as far as I remember. I think he, yeah. I think he got pretty far. Okay. All right. Uh, so we uh, go back to Winterfell and uh, John is in the map room and uh, he's looking at everything and uh, he's got a new E-Raven and uh, that it is uh, some news uh, and uh, that he got from uh, Sam. This one yeah. is a slow Raven. This was uh, it took a whole episode for this one to get here. Sam has sent word about the dragon glass and dragon stone. Uh, and he, and John announces it to all of his people. And he says, I trust Samuel Tarly about as much as I trust anyone in the universe. Uh, he says that Dragonstone has dragon glass and dragon glass can kill white walkers. So we need to go to Dragonstone. on top of this email from Sam. I also got an email from Tyrion Lannister who invited me to Dragonstone. Uh, he's the hand of the queen. Now Daenerys Targaryen is there. Uh, he wants me to meet with Daenerys. I'm going to say yes. This is a thing I'm going to say yes to. Yeah. But there's a lot of like public debate that happens at these meetings. Yeah, well, it's because Jon Snow is like a a very uh, attractive, kind leader. But Mm -hmm. he sometimes his 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 delivery requires some work. Yeah. And everybody's like, no, don't. We're not doing this. Don't go. Even Liana Mormont is like, you are the king in the north. You belong in the north. Every single person is against this plan. Yeah. There's not a single person who is who is not on board. Uh, Even Sansa, she's thumbs down. Especially Jan Jan Royce. And shut up, Jan Royce. Go get a vote. (laughs) Oh, he's such a uh, a a negative Ned. Yeah. Yeah, He's terrible. (laughs) I mean, I guess they all have good points where it's like when Starks go south, it goes poorly. Um but little do they know he's not all stark. So he's got a secret weapon and it's his Targaryen good luck. Yeah. Stop yon splaining everything to us, Jan <laughs> Royce. Like, uh, we know you. You always know better. Okay, we got it. Stupid Jan Royce. <laughs> 
Okay. Uh, so John's like, oh, but a queen requested me. I, I, you can't just say, like, that's not how this works. I need to go out there. Uh, but don't worry. I'm leaving you in good hands, Sansa. Yeah, Sansa, you're in charge. You got the wheel. The North is yours. That's exciting. This is exciting. You know, this she's is like a oh, start. Okay. Well, yeah, since you put like it that, that way, uh, that's going to work. That'll work yeah, for me. I thought you were going to put Davos in charge. It would have been a different story. Davos is great, but you can't get yeah. the North. Okay. All right. So John is going to go uh, down to the old uh, Winterfell Crips before he leaves. And for some reason, Littlefinger decides to go down there and have a very awkward conversation. Well, I mean, I think that the whole final Littlefinger arc is him just being like completely undone by Starks, you know, and so Ned Stark's not alive anymore. And this is going to be the only opportunity that he and Jon Snow will have to share a scene together. So may as well have Jon Snow give Littlefinger the classic old school Ned Stark treatment that Littlefinger will not be able to respond to. Yeah, but what is Littlefinger thinking? Uh, I mean, I, I, that, that will probably be a theme here for season seven, but he he goes down there to go talk to uh, John and kind of say, hey, good luck. But he says a lot of other crazy stuff. Yeah, he's like, I love Santa. I'm really into her. Isn't that weird? Nah, it's great. And John's like, no, it was weird. You were right the first time yeah yeah and uh he basically says that yeah i uh love sansa as i loved her mother which uh also your mom really didn't like you remember that catlin stark not a fan of Jon snow so i guess that kind of makes me your stepdad then like what what are you talking about yeah john grabs him by the throat he's like (laughs) i have too many fathers already I don't know which one is the real one. Stop talking, Littlefinger. Yeah, you can't keep it all straight. He can't add Littlefinger as like the third father. It's too much. Yes. Uh, so uh, we don't know what we used to think. Littlefinger was smart, but I don't know. No, this rewatch he, is not being super kind to Littlefinger. You know, he he got he gambled some things, and he was ruthless in many ways. But he underestimated the Starks in the end, and that and, was and he might have also just been insane. Yeah, he's probably just a little bit of a lunatic. Yes, uh, it's possible that uh, he may have had uh, syphilis of the brain, little finger. <laughs> wow. And, and and his brain has has really degraded later on in the series. Yeah. And there's no <laughs> too much time in the brothel for little finger. No flaying the scabs off of that thing and applying ointment. That's just yeah. not a possibility. He had the ointment resistant syphilis. Yes. OK. All right. Then let's uh, check in to uh, John and Davos. They are heading out. They leave. They're out. They're leaving. We won't see them at Winterfell again this year. I had totally forgotten about this next scene, which I really did not care for the first time around. I was reminded of how much I was not a fan of this. The Aria Nymeria reunion. And what's your big issue with this one again? Just remind me. Because Arya is going north and she reunites with Nymeria briefly and Nymeria leaves and Arya says, ah, that's not you. Yeah, that's that's not you. And from what I recall, I was like, but that's not you. Like, uh, I remember being super confused at the time. Like, oh, I I guess that's not Nymeria. 
and no uh it's i believe if you watch like the inside look at the end of the episode like uh i think that uh benny often was like no aria is talking in the third person to herself of like oh yeah that's not that's that's not you uh and i, I don't even get it can you explain a, it to me? Yeah, it's a callback to season one when Ned Stark is meeting with Arya and being like, hey, you're going to be a princess someday, like, or you're going to be like a, a lady of Winterfell and all this stuff. And Arya says, but that's not me. And so this is Arya saying to Nymeria that Nymeria can't go back to Winterfell with her because uh, Nymeria is wild and going to Winterfell is not what Nymeria would do. That's not Nymeria. And so she's recognizing within Nymeria what she recognizes within herself. So by saying that's not you, she's also... But she is going to Winterfell. Right. But it's not really going to go great at Winterfell. She has a very hard time fitting in. Uh, it almost ends with her and Sansa like trying to kill each other. And if not for some off screen shenanigans, who knows what direction it was going to go in. And I think in the long scheme of Game of Thrones, I think that Arya probably won't ultimately fit in so well with the culture of Winterfell because I think she'll be dead. But then shouldn't she go to King's Landing based on this life lesson that she learns with Nymeria? There's six episodes left of Game of Thrones. I would not be surprised at all if something like that still happens. Hmm. And okay. so it's like, I think that she has to go home to Winterfell to like fully process like, yeah, this isn't for me. Should she run into Nymeria again? Ah, that was me. Nah, I'm good with Nymeria. We don't need okay. that anymore. Uh, Nymeria is huge. Gigantic. <laughs> Enormous. Okay. Um, all right. Let's get to uh, our big uh, action set piece. And but we start off here with the Sand Snakes and they're arguing. So sand Snakes are always arguing with each other uh, and they're arguing about who gets to kill whom when they get there. They can talk, they can bicker, they can bicker, they can talk, they can talk, 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 bicker, bicker, bicker. Uh, they're all, they're getting into like the, the mama. The what even, what are like, they, why are they saying that? I don't Ma, know. It's so annoying. Yeah. It's mama. <laughs> yeah, it's mama. Mama. Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. Why is this a thing? Sand yeah. snakes. Yeah. They're like the, the baby from the dinosaurs. <laughs> not the mama they were yeah. also very violent also the baby from the, the dinosaurs yeah they've got a lot in common i think if the sand snakes were all played by the baby from dinosaurs the sand snake <laughs> storyline would have been better certainly would have made it interesting when the baby sand snake would have been asking Bron who the most beautiful girl in the world is mm-hmm. it would have a very different <laughs> different scene Okay. Uh, so then we cut to uh, Yara and Alaria, and uh, they're having a moment too. Yara throwing down the Mac and Alaria just like picking it right up. She gets what's happening here, and they're both down for this. And yeah. Dion feels very weird because he's in the room. How do you feel about uh, late uh, Game of Thrones uh, uh, super flirty Yara? It's great. Great character. It's great. Yeah, it's I think great. it's fun. I think it's fun. Uh, I don't know. She's just like, uh, I keep it in your pants, Yara. I, I, every person, every every woman that she meets these last couple of like she, every scene with uh, Daenerys, Alaria, like she's just she's out of control. There are a bunch of hotties. She can't help herself. <laughs> 
Uh, so we have Flirty Yara is here with Flirty Ilaria. Uh, there's like, uh, like, uh, Theon, uh, talks about, uh, or he's labeled as the protector of Yara. Uh, that's not going to go great. This that doesn't bad, age well. It's a bad hire. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So uh, big. We hear uh, the uh, loud noise crash. Yeah. 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 What's and that? It's 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 Uncle Euron. He's, Good he's God. here. That's your own Greyjoy's music. And he really he does make like a WWE entrance where like his stupid freaking like catapult thing launches on the deck of the ship. And he's like just there like with like a Gene Simmons tongue hanging out. The greatest captain of the seven seas is here. It's like so weird. It's just <laughs> they're just killing everybody. Yeah, it's lots of violence, lots of death. Uh, fire. Still, yeah, fire and brimstone. It's bad. Yeah. You're on Two sand kills. snakes are going to get killed. Yeah, he does it. He kills them. Yeah. Uh, it's very dark. It's very hard to follow what's what's going on here. Yeah, I guess depending on where you are watching it, you must have had some sort of glare on your screen. Uh, there was no glare. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's also Greyjoys fighting Greyjoys. So I just assume that every good Greyjoy, every person getting killed was uh, a good Greyjoy and every person killing was a bad Greyjoy. It's a, you know, it's essentially that, um, yeah, the Euron kills both of the, the sand snake sisters in yeah. pretty bad fashion. Like he strangles one with their own rope. He skewers another one with her own spear, I think, or at least he like leaves them on the, on the ship hanging like that. Mm-hmm. It's pretty nasty. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, we see, uh, who is the sand snake that makes it, uh, Tyene makes it Tyene to Hilarious Sand. It, yeah. Tyene was hired as Hilarious Protector. And, okay. Uh, it's worked only temporarily. Okay. All right. So we get to some hand-to-hand combat of Euron versus Yara, and ultimately uh, Euron is going to get the best of Yara and holds a knife to her throat, and uh, he says, "Hey, where's little Theon?" Yeah, little and Theon. Right. And so uh, Theon is uh, not loving this. Uh, this is not fun for him, and he ends up going overboard. It's a good character moment for Theon Greyjoy. I, 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 st- I stand by this. I think that this is like the natural move for the guy who spent however many years in Ramsay Bolton's uh, captivity as Reek, who has just barely become a human being again uh, in the last couple of seasons. Uh, for him to abandon ship in this moment when he knows he has no real fighting shot against Euron, and also he is just surrounded by all of these PTSD triggers that are happening. I think it's a very in character moment for Theon to jump um, where that's going to take him in the future. As we know that he's, he's still going to have uh, uh, an ax to grind against Euron Greyjoy by the end of the season, who knows, but like for this moment in time makes a lot of sense that Theon's going to jump ship. He's not a Greyjoy in the traditional sense. Okay. And so uh, Theon is going to swim and he sees a uh, poor sand snake hanging on the boat and that's it he's just that's like gonna, he's gonna be there like uh rose on the the piece <laughs> of floating cargo at the end of titanic very sad very yeah. sad uh he'll get picked up eventually i'll find the whistle 
yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So four went out for Larry Sand, Sand Snakes too. Well, Larry Sand, we'll see next. Uh, week. I guess so. I guess I guess she'll make it's it. She pretty, makes it for a little bit. Pretty brutal scene, actually. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's tough. So, all right. So two two out of three Sand Snakes are gone. Yeah. So that's it. Uh, that's. Uh, that's Stormborn, and uh, on deck we've got the the first ever meeting between Jon Snow and Daenerys Targaryen in the Queen's Justice is what's coming up. Okay, the Queen's Justice. Only five episodes left here in season seven. That's it, brother. <laughs> and then uh, we are uh, reaching the end of our rewatch, and that can only mean one thing: we are closing in on the final six episodes of Game of Thrones. I'm getting my sleep in now. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, I th- that's how it works right like i sleep a lot now so that when those final six episodes are upon us and i'm not sleeping at all i will i will have this uh these these uh these sleep reserves to to call upon josh do you feel like that you will be very surprised by anything or do you feel like that uh you feel like that there is little that will happen that will surprise no, you No, i think i'll be surprised by stuff for sure i think that there's stuff that will happen where i'll be like yeah that makes sense but i think that there's a, a very good chance i don't want to underestimate game of thrones that'd be a very stupid thing to do uh this is this is a show that has surprised us so many times and red wedding dust a couple of times literally once and you know seismic events of a similar quality throughout um, I think there's like some like plot armory stuff that you can probably call for certain characters, but I really do think that you could you could imagine almost any one of these main characters living or dying. So um, yeah, it's it's a little bit binary in that regard, but I think like the the way in which these characters live or die, I think there's a lot of room for surprise still. Okay. All right, Josh, what's happening over on THR? We're still carving forward through the final path. We just posted our final predictions for Sansa Stark coming up on this next Sunday. We are going to be posting our predictions for Arya Stark. Uh, and as I mentioned earlier in this podcast, I think I think she's going to die, which is very upsetting. And sad. Oh, man. so I'll, I'll sketch that out a little bit. If you're if you're curious to get the details on how and uh, how and why I think that might happen. If okay, it happens that the way I predict, it's going to be upsetting. Very upsetting indeed. THR.com uh, slash Game of Thrones for, for uh, all of that and much more. Of course, uh, you can uh, check out our coverage of uh, The Walking Dead. Jessica Lee and I have been uh, covering the back half of the back end of season nine. Of course, also uh, Jessica and Mike Bloom are covering Star Trek Discovery all on postshowrecaps.com. So you could subscribe and get it all when you go to postshowrecaps.com slash iTunes. Josh, anything else? No, that's it. All right. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye.